0: Hello, and welcome to the Next Stage podcast by Web Summit. My name is Luke, and in this week's episode, we are joined by two of the music industry's powerhouses in Tiny Tempa and Neo. Also on the panel includes Hans Holder Albert of Deezer, Eric Walfour of SoundCloud, and Andrew Flanagan of Billboard. From center stage of Web Summit 2016, the panel discussed their opinions on music streaming platforms and how best to utilize social media. So, yeah, we're here to talk about the, f- the current state of the music industry, the truth of it, um, of which I think there are many, as you guys all well know. Mm-hmm. Neil, I wanted to start with you. You have the most experience of anyone on stage right now in this industry. Can you tell us a little bit about where you began, your first kind of run in with the capital B business?
1: Absolutely. Well, uh, I, I started uh, on the songwriting side of things, you know, writing for a different artist, the guy behind the guy, so to speak. Um decided to try it for myself. Uh got signed to Def Jam Records. Uh put out about oh how many rec- how many albums have I put out now? <laughs> I think about seven at this point. And uh yeah, when I first when I first got into the industry there was no um it, it was it was a lot harder to get your music heard. It was a lot harder to get people to to get people to pay attention than it is now. Um it was a lot easier to get paid. I'll say that, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it was it was definitely a, a different industry when I when I got in, and now it's uh, now that the industry has become what it is, I I kind of feel like a freshman again. You know, I kind of feel like I'm I'm trying to trying to figure out uh, the best way to get the best way to get my stuff to everybody, and then on top of that, the uh, the way uh, the best way to get properly compensated for it, which seems to be the biggest issue. As of right now, it's like, uh, you know, the way that people consume their music has evolved, music itself has evolved, but the laws regarding compensation for music have not. They're still 100 years old, you know, so that's, that's kind of the issue at hand. When did you
0: first notice a, kind of the dramatic shift um, from that first record to... <clears throat> it started with the whole downloading thing, you know, where um,
1: it just became, people became less and less interested in going to the store and buying a CD and more about, you know, uh, finding, uh, finding a way to get it for free, you know. And that was around, maybe around my third album or something. Mm-hmm. You know, first two albums, things were great. You know, the people were doing it the way, that, the way that I knew to do it. And then this new downloading thing came in, and now we got streaming, which the crazy thing is there's more, there's more music being consumed <laughs> now than ever, like, which, is, which is really cool, but it's not... It's not uh, financially, it's not financially stable anymore. You know, songwriters are barely getting by now because of the fact that there's no there's no laws in regard to streaming. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it sucks. <laughs> Put it in layman's terms, it sucks.
0: Tiny, you came up when all this had been well decided. Yeah. What what was your first kind of? How does that? How does your uh, intro dive, jive with with his?
2: Well, to be honest, it's actually really interesting hearing you say that because I I think I'm an artist that came out around maybe your third album. So when downloading was fully, I guess it hadn't like kicked off totally, but it was very much in place. Everyone was aware of what an MP3 was. And if anything, I think that that was very beneficial for me as a new artist because... Like, there wasn't any record labels that were interested in me from the offset. I wasn't writing any songs for anyone. So I was at a point where I was willing to give my music away for free just to anyone that heard it. And so I used platforms like uh, MSN, Messenger, and MySpace to kind of cultivate these little fan bases, whether it was like a thousand people at a time, two thousand people. On each platform? On each platform really engage with them, you know, whether it was through direct messaging or through it was, like, sharing pictures or um, just giving away free music via, like, freestyles and whatnot. Um, and I guess I just kind of started from there. So it's, it's something that I've always embraced. I think now that we're in a kind of streaming era, um, I, I totally agree with Neo in the sense that I don't feel artists are being compensated, but I think it is a good time for... Um, the artist who hasn't been being developed for the past five years if that makes sense like behind the scenes I think anybody has a shot at becoming a big star and I think that that for me is a is a great thing and I think that that's a plus the fact that we're not being properly compensated is definitely not Um, but then the other thing I also think is that after signing to a record label I think you feel like all of your problems are going to be solved And where I saw the problem starting to happen with guys like yourself and the record labels is I didn't see enough collaboration from the onset. So I didn't see record labels eager enough and excited enough about platforms like your own. You know, at first it was very much a new language, like a new language for a record label. And I personally feel that if they were a little bit more innovative and prudent we would be in a lot more of a better, <laughs> <laughs> a better place, basically. Uh,
0: Hans, you have the benefit of being in the media business for about 25 years, except not in the music business for very long. So wh- have, you have to deal with the major labels constantly. Does what he says resonate? Yeah, kind I agree. There is,
3: there is a certain element of uh, imagination or lack of innovation when you talk to uh, uh, those executives. It's changed a bit, to be fair, the last 18 months. Quite, uh, quite radical, actually. But well, when I did my first tour, and met all the kind of big, big guys in, on the label side. I mean, uh, the, a lot of people were over 70 I met there. <laughs> they, they didn't even <laughs> know what streaming is. And it was, Yeah, uh, I think we all know what they look like. It, it was an easy sales pitch, and, and, and uh, they had no understanding what streaming c- can do. This has changed. I think everyone realized today it's, uh, it's a huge opportunity. and I, I fully understand what those guys are saying. It's, uh, the, the truth of the matter is, of course, we can't go back to the old days.
0: Eric, you started one of the most unique streaming digital platforms. Um, do you think that your, the, the opportunity for these artists is outside of the label system is
3: as strong? Does that make sense? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think to Tanya's point, I think it's a great way to describe it. It's a new language, right? So we see ourselves as a kind of people-powered Streaming service, right? So it's so there's a lot more opportunity to kind of get out there.
0: Um, meanwhile, the two artists on stage say that they're not making that much money from recorded music revenues. Mm. Uh,
1: from a from a songwriting standpoint, okay. You know, um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know a lot of. I don't know a lot of the stats, and I, I tend to stay away from the numbers. But there was one stat that kind of stuck out to me just recently that I received. Uh, it was it was a stat from Pandora, mm-hmm. and it said uh, that one million streams on Pandora equals ninety dollars. <laughs> Ninety dollars for a million streams. Right. Who can live off of that? That's that. That's not
0: for the songwriter. For
1: the songwriter. Yeah. yeah. For the songwriter. And uh, and this is again. This is because the laws regarding music are literally a hundred years old. Like they have not been changed. And I, I've actually been to Congress twice now with ASCAP, uh, trying to. Just basically get them to pay attention to this issue, yeah. and you know they, they do what they can, but I mean they're Congress, you know they. Can you explain yeah.
0: a little bit, that, just a little bit of the backstory on the songwriting royalties, the the payout, the ASCAP hundred year rule?
1: Well, I, I again I'm I'm not I'm not super uh, knowledgeable <laughs> okay. about about those things. I'm not a, I I don't I that's the reason I went with ASCAP, you know, mm-hmm. so they could <laughs> they could handle the heavy lifting in regard to that. Um, all I know is that the rules uh, in regard to music, in regard to publishing, in regard to, in, in regard to what have not been changed in, in roughly 70 years. Mm. You know, and uh, as, as I said before, the music is evolving, the way we get to our music is evolving, but the laws regarding how how performers and, and songwriters are compensated for their art it have not evolved, and that's a problem. That's a yeah.
2: I mean to like to be quite honest with you I think maybe because maybe because I'm I feel like I'm an artist of the internet but I've it's not it's not right to say but I always feel like artists have kind of always been exploited to a certain degree whether it's kind of from like a record label standpoint or even now however I feel like we're in a transitional period I feel like it's going to get better and better and I think the thing that excites me about streaming is before, you might buy like a physical copy of a record and you might move house, or you, you know, the, the device might change and then you kind of lose the record, or you, you can hold it and it can Forever. become antique or <laughs> until whatever. Until it breaks. Yeah, or until it breaks. <laughs> or then whatever. you can buy a new one. Exactly. But now, what really excites me about the future is because of streaming now, I can play my own song to my child in about 50 years just by the one click of a button, you know, and for me, as an exciting prospect and I just and, and you know I think Neo's point as an artist as well is one of the most important I think as long as we have platforms like this to express our frustrations I feel like after a while people are going to listen and things will change, we may just have to suffer during this transitional period but I think in the long term it's going to be better for artists I think also the fact that when you're signed to like a record label you don't even get information about who you're who's listening to your music, what they look like, what country they're from, how many times they (laughs) clicked on a song. Like for me, it sounds a bit stupid because I'm not even in Neo's position, but for me that is more valuable than money itself because it means that you can basically continue to uh, expand your business around yourself. And as long as we have that transparency now with not only our, our record labels but people like yourself, it's going to be better for us in the long term, I think. You know. What is the kind of data that he's talking about? That what, what, do you got, what are the insights
3: that you guys have that the labels maybe aren't giving him? Well, it's, I mean, we collect, I think, 10 billion data every month or something like that. Uh, we have done this for 10 years, so there's a huge amount of data. Um, and you, you can go in every direction you want. For him, it can be who is listening, where, when, when he wants want to do concert in, whatever. Uh, a little tiny town. We can tell them how many people are there, have well, to listen to their song, where are the best places to go. You can see what is trending in terms of searches and so forth and so forth. So I think the, the huge difference is really you have a deep understanding of your fans and you, you can really find your fans and communicate with your fans, which is uh, um, a great opportunity. And I agree, the, the data part, for example, we, we give to the labels for free. So it should be accessible to the, um, to the artists as well you can take a lot out of there. I mean, it's, you have a deep understanding of the consumer. The interesting thing is, and that's the other part, is um, at least our experience, I guess, is yours as well. There's nothing more individual than the way uh, people listening to, to music on, on streaming. I mean, everyone, every, every customer we have worldwide is unique and has his own music DNA. And to figure that out for an artist and then to work with is quite fascinating. We were talking backstage about the always-on kind of requirements of
0: being an artist now. Mm-hmm. What, is that, what does that cost, right, if, if it's a zero-sum game and you're trying to make your art, but you also have to tweet and Instagram constantly?
1: Well, I mean, it, 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 uh, to a degree, it, it kind of takes away from the creative process. You know, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I catch a wave, I catch a vibe, and I'm writing, and then all of a sudden I remember, oh, crap, I haven't tweeted in an hour. Oh, well, let me put that <laughs> down and get to, you know what I mean? It, it kind of gets in the way. Um, uh, which, which is why, I, as, I, as I told you backstage, I'm all about you know having people help you out with it. I have someone that works with me with my social media to where I don't have to think about, okay, every hour I need to post this, or every two days I gotta post that, or whatever the case may be, I have help with it. Um, I, 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 dig, I, I definitely dig the whole concept of social media and just being able to have that direct link to your fans. I, I might be showing my age right now, but I recall a time where you had to write a letter and, uh, you know, mail it know and is. pray that somebody wrote you back. And then when they wrote you back, you don't even know if it was an artist who wrote you back. It could have been anybody, you know. So now that you can get
2: directly to the fans and they can speak directly to you, it's, it's, it's a great thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, but that's your native
0: language, right? Yeah. Kind of as we were talking about.
2: I'm not going to lie. Again, I'm <laughs> in a rock and a hard place. The YouTubers have fucked us up, basically. We're screwed now. As a result to the YouTubers, it's mad. Like, it, the how often they're online... Every day, every second, (laughs) updating videos every day. It's hard to keep up as a very active artist, someone who's touring all the time. You mean like PewDiePie is fucking you up? Yeah, basically. (laughs) Or KSI or um, who's the guy, the big guy from America? I forgot his name, but... Not sure. Yes, yes, exactly. You know who I'm talking about. So it's very difficult. And then on the flip side, you have artists like Neo, artists like the Jay-Zs, and artists who I've, like... Grown up listening to and been around during their time, who I know don't have to deal with their social media that much, and I'm kind of jealous of that. I'm kind of like, I wish I just had a person that could just, you know. Um, So it's kind of like the rock and the hard place because you're aspiring to be successful enough to be at a point where you don't have to deal with it. However, this new generation of youth, whether they're like specifically musicians or they're YouTubers, the rate that they are on the internet and the, the way that they are able to communicate the, in, the internet language is is times 20 what we can do. And I guess the next generation will be even more advanced and even more advanced. And so I guess it's good. And, every, you know, you, have, you also have artists like Adele who don't really use social media that much. So I guess it's different people for different things. But because I've always... Being an artist who's been on the internet, I used YouTube very earlier on. Um, I feel like it's almost like a duty that I owe to my fans. Mm -hmm. And anytime I get like a really big song or I sell a massive album or I do a big tour and I don't interact with my fans as much, I always feel the... You see the the kind of slow. Yeah, I see the, because I guess that's just what they're used to, you know? So it's annoying, but... Do you have like, do you have a a digital team I mean what does what, what does that look like yeah slowly but surely I'm, I'm trying to uh, put together my own digital team we have we also we have like a record label digital team but like I said earlier the frustration was record labels working with third party partners exchanging all of this information and knowledge between themselves not giving it to the artists that was always like a weird thing so when I first when you first sign a record deal they don't they don't take control of your social media, but they like to be across it. So they say, oh, you know, Mm -hmm. if you like, let us know how we can log into your Facebook. Let us know how, (laughs) obviously not with all the dirty pictures, not the private one, the main one. Not the Snapchat. Yeah. Yeah. Not the Snapchat. So you give them all of that information, but when you're not getting anything back, that's when for me, I felt like I needed to start building my own one. Yeah. So now I have someone who is, I guess, like, helping me create the content for the social media, but I'm still very much hands-on. Because, again, I've realized with these fans, if you have someone who is on the Internet every single day and then you have someone who, you know, hires someone to post a tweet, these fans now are savvy enough where they can almost tell the difference of your type. voice. You know, and... um, Look at the world that we're in. You know, we have Kim Kardashian as the most famous woman, Donald Trump as the most famous man. Very sorry in the about world. that. But most of these people have been on reality That's TV. That's not a bad combination, actually. I mean, they should get <laughs> married, they should have a child. But yeah, no, mo- most of these people have been very much on reality TV. They've been very much in our faces, they've been very much accessible to a certain degree, whether it's with their articles or their tweets or, and that's just the reality of the world that we live in now. So it's, it's almost like a get with the times kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. I recall
1: yeah. a time where, where the mystique was the thing, like, that, right. that people didn't mm. know was what made it cool. Mm. That is not the case anymore. No, they yeah. want to know what you're eating for breakfast. They want to mm. know. Do, ev- they want to know everything of every waking mm. moment of every day. And I, I get it. I understand it. I'm just very. I've just very much always been the person too busy living life to stop and take the picture. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's why that's why I have somebody that helps me with mm, that. You know, because mm, mm. I'm. I don't. I don't even take good selfies. It's just not. <laughs> I'm good at. So I have somebody that will take the picture and then post it for me. Mm. Uh, and and it, it helps. It does help. It does help. But at the same time, especially in regards to things like Twitter, mm. you can't you can't have somebody tweeting for you yeah. right? because it's the way you talk versus the way this person talks or whatever the case may be. That yeah, they're not they're not stupid. They know yeah. that, that they know that it's not you. Yeah. But as far as advertisements and things of that nature, you know, it's, it's good to have somebody to it's good to have an extra set of hands of to, to help you know help get that stuff out there.
3: Definitely. This this demogra- like this generation. They so the millennials, they grew up with an iPod, right? But this generation grew up with an iPhone or an Android device. And that's a supercomputer. I mean, it's, it's a completely different world, right? And the way they relate to social media, the way they use social media is sort of vastly different. I, I can relate to you. I mean, we're mm-hmm. sort of the same age. And, and it's, it's just fascinating to see because they're engaging with things in a, on a completely new level. Yeah. Right? So
0: I mean, we were talking a little bit about the silo, the media silos that everyone kind of builds around themselves, right? The people you follow on Twitter or Facebook, that's what you see and you don't see anything outside of that, you know? Um, I'm wondering <coughs> if the same applies to music tastes, right? If, it's, if you're an artist and, you, and someone kind of has built you into their silo or you fall outside of it. Does that make sense? How you break into the, those bubbles.
1: Um, I, I, that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. I'm honestly not sure. I, I honestly stopped concerning myself a long time ago with people that don't listen to my music. <laughs> That's fair. You know mean? Like, like, why am I like? And I, I, used to be really, really bad with that. Like, I would read, I would read my Twitter feed, and there'd be 200 positive messages and five negative ones. And I stay, and I'd be focusing on those five neg- Like, what did I do? What can I get? These, what can I do to get these people to like me? Eh, I don't, I don't so much care about that anymore. Now, for me personally, I can't speak for anybody else on this panel, but for me personally. I'm going to do what I do, and I'm going to let the world chase me as opposed to trying to chase them. Yeah. You know, this, is, this is what it is. If you like it, cool. If you don't, there's so many other options out there, and that's just
3: kind of the way I operate. You, you create something which is very new, and as you said, I've been long in media business uh, before. The fascinating thing with this, uh, which is happening right now on the music side, it's all new territory. It's never been before. Everything has changed, and everything we do, and every step we do, and you do, and whatever we test and we'll see it works. If it works, fine, we move on. If it doesn't work, we, we do something else. Uh, and that's, uh, that, that's the kind of key point, this kind of flexibility. Mm-hmm. It's not the old days anymore like, like, uh, like before.
2: Yeah, I think, I think it's a great time, but I think, to be honest, one of the things that scared me recently is you see, the al- you see algorithms and you see now, you see even with uh, Google or search engines, if you type in specific things, now they tailor what you see on your computer right. to what you search for. Mm-hmm. So five years ago, the internet was perfect for me because I could find you, right. I could impose myself into your silo, I guess that's what you're calling. I could penetrate that some way. But now, I guess if, you, if you're into a completely yeah, right. different type of music or you're into different fashion to me, because of these algorithms now, you're only seeing what you like. So for me, the, ig- uh, the internet was like an open forum before. It was like an open world, but now I feel like they're very cleverly trying to segregate it again. So, and s- almost segregate people again, to be fair. Um, and that is one of the main things that worries me. And then I, I, just, always, I just always think, apart from that, basically now the power has basically kind of changed now the power is in you guys hands and it's good it's a good thing because you guys are not like you said the 70 year old guys at the record label <laughs> however in the same way that you know an artist had to you know you know neo as well go around to some of the radio stations in America you know oh hey bob how you doing mm. you know make sure everyone feels good <laughs> We just basically have to do that with you guys now, you know, to <laughs> yeah. be honest. and isn't and that bad. No, it's not that bad. You guys are nice. You got two these. out of five <laughs> done already. Yeah, you guys are more fun, you know. Um, but now you even have with, like, I'm sure SoundCloud and Deezer and, like, Spotify, you have all of these kind of, like, playlists, right? And, you know, top 20 biggest songs in the world and mm-hmm. top 20. Di- so that has kind of taken the power away from, like, all these domesticated radio stations. And now there's almost, like, a one unified global chart but that is dictated Mm. by I guess who's streaming what on you guys Mm. sites so in terms of penetrating into different silos I think if you can't penetrate into that as a new artist it's going to be very very difficult and that's why I almost feel like lots of there's loads of collaborations at the moment Mm. so there's loads of like Mm. a big producer like Calvin Harris but featured a new artist and that's the Mm. easiest way for like a new artist to break, you know, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I, I think the future. I think when everyone will be happy, to be honest, is you guys will gain more power, and it's a good thing. And I think that people will start to hopefully maybe do direct deals. You know, like you said, some people already have done that with mm. um, SoundCloud, but people will start to do direct deals with you where it will be transparent. It will potentially be 360 you will give them a massive advance do you get what I'm saying (laughs) (laughs) fingers crossed guys like you'll give them like a massive advance and they'll be able to use all their data freely and it will be a collaborative thing and then for me I think that that is the best way to uh, penetrate silos if I can't get into your world let me get onto a massive platform that I know you and I both use whether it's Apple whether it's Deezer whether it's you know SoundCloud and if I do the right kind of deal with them, they will put me in your face. That's
0: a good. That's a good way to end it. Fuck yeah. the bubble. Yeah. Break the silos. That's right. <laughs> well, thank you guys. Thank you.
2: Yeah. Thanks. Great.